Hi, my love. Welcome to tonight's episode of One Take Wonder with the Hot Weird Girl. I'm the Hot Weird Girl in question, Alexia, and this is episode eight. If you want to catch up with me on other social media platforms, my handle is at Hot Weird Girl. That's girl with a zero. And you can find me on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm super active on TikTok. You may have found my podcast from there. But if you reach out to me on any of those social media platforms, I will reply quickly. I love talking to you guys, and it's really important to me um, whenever I get your DMs or tagged in videos where you're discussing my podcast. It really helps me come up with new ideas for the coming weeks ahead, and it also just makes me feel really special. If you like this podcast, then please do me a huge favor right now and rank this podcast five stars. If you're listening to this on Apple Music, please leave a written review. It's so helpful to be boost the traction of this podcast. And there's already so many of you guys listening. I just, as always, want to thank you for tuning in. Again, it really means so much to me. New episodes every Monday, but enough of the introduction. Let's get into the episode. First, I just want to address that I am no longer in a psychic microwave, and I want to thank you for bearing with me last episode because truly, to quote one of my best friends, that was you in rare form. I know I said I wasn't in a psychic microwave last episode, but like I was levitating. Like I was podcasting, hanging upside down from my ceiling, foaming at the mouth, absolutely rabid. But now I'm in a good place. My feet are on the floor. I took my braids out. I found a new braider. I really hope she works out. But if she doesn't, I will not die. That's actually my new mantra right now. If my braids are ugly, it's not the end of the world. And I'm going to try to believe that. I'm, I'm really working on it. But yeah, last week's episode was fun. Now on to something slightly more serious. I am horrified by how mean people are to children. And before going forward in this podcast, I want to let you know that there will be brief mentions of sexual assault, child sexual assault, nothing in graphic detail, but just to give the context, um, for why I'm making this video. If that's not something that you want to listen to, no worries. Here's a grace period to click away. Okay. So I'm talking about this because I saw a TikTok recently of a teacher who was talking shit on her students. I don't know if the video has been removed. I've been blocked, but she's essentially saying that she's a substitute teacher And she talks particularly about one of her students who comes into class with a bust down, nails, and lashes. Now, I know that the demographic of my podcast is kind of a mixed racial group. So if you're not Black, a bust down is just like a really nice wig. Feels illegal to be saying that. I mean, kind of, yes, but yes, that's what it is. So... It was one, it was very obvious to me that she was talking about a black child. Again, even though I know that there are white children who do wear wigs and partake in wigotry, particularly those children of the American South who are in pageants. Word to toddlers and tiaras. I can't believe that show was allowed to air on TLC for so long. But it was very obvious that she was talking about a little black girl. And so I was surprised at the amount of vitriol I got when I pointed out how cruel that was to the 11 year old in the video because she specifically identified that this was a sixth grader who is no, and she noted that the girl was 11, but a sixth grader is no older than 12, maybe 12 and a half. If they were held back a grade, 13 at best, if they're real old, 
Um, but they're very young and it brought out this particular crowd of people that just sent me on a weird rabbit hole. There are so many people out there who think it's acceptable to be mean to children or don't who don't even recognize how cruel their behavior to a child is. And something that I've been seeing a lot lately and something that I've been particularly fascinated by is this idea that children are a marginalized class, the most marginalized in our society. And I want to be clear in defining that, that I'm not playing oppression Olympics or, you know, suggesting that the weight of oppression can be measured something something against like race or class, but to say that children are omnipresent in our society and regardless of your culture, your socioeconomic class, your racial group, there is a particular venom with which Americans treat our children, our newest generation, and especially the venom we extend towards our caretakers who are often mothers. That always knocks me off of my feet. I'll be honest that I cried a little bit this weekend because someone left a comment saying, well, that 11-year-old shouldn't be wearing braids. You know, she could be be perceived as fast um, or promiscuous, and that would attract grown predators. And so I made a video replying saying, like, one, I can't believe this is something that people would believe in 2023. And I spent the past couple days checking TikTok, deleting filthy comment after filthy comment after filthy comment of people excusing a grown man's sexual assault of a child because that child was dressed grown because she partake she partook in fashion or attitudes or even tried to emulate the lifestyle of adults and so she was deserving of what happened to her and that that has really affected me because i always like i i know that people think like that but to see how young it starts to make clear in that video that I replied that we were talking about an 11 year old girl and that people would think that she was the problem for wearing a wig and that would invite the sexual harm of grown men really fucked me up. It made me sad and then it made me incredibly angry and then it gave me this renewed force to really think about like, oh wow, children have like no fucking rights. And I remember when I was in law school, I took this class called Children in the Law and it was about the intersection of child advocacy in the face of the American legal system. And it was a very depressing semester because children essentially have no rights. You don't have the right to stick up for yourself, but you absolutely have the right to be subject to the punitive system at an incredibly young age. When you're in the punitive system, you will be robbed. And when I say punitive system, I'm talking about juvie, juvenile detention, because in America, you can be locked up as young as seven. You can spend the entirety of your teen years in a juvenile detention center, which is just as bad as, um, the American prison system for adults, except it is rife with other abuses because not only are you being denied your fundamental education, not only are there not the appropriate amount of youth counselors, but you're also spending all day with adults and there is really no way to prevent what those adults might subject you to. And people 
think it's fine because they're like, oh, those kids are bad. And this idea of being bad or fast or grown or sassy or having an attitude, all of these different terms kind of fall under the umbrella that we see children as people who need to be obedient. Otherwise, they deserve all the horrible consequences. Look up that TikTok song where the guy's like, keep your hands off that baby. The people are fighting to the death to beat the shit out of their kids. Like people are insisting up and down that the best thing that you can do for a child is take your belt off and leave welts and bruises and psychological scars on them because that'll teach them something. And let me say this, if you're a grown adult and you're like, oh, my parents beat me and I turned out fine. The fact that you fantasize and joyously partake in jokes about putting your hand on a tiny human being who doesn't have a developed brain means you are in fact not fine. You are deeply traumatized individual, and now you are about to carry out that sick cycle on another human being and teach them that that's okay. You can tell that America is a very carceral country based on the appropriate remedies we see for children because even people who think they're being liberal and saying well I wouldn't beat my kids but you still need to have a firm hand on them it's like people are just completely naive to the fact that children are born stupid a baby doesn't know how to do anything except for root around for a breast or a nipple scream and shit itself and then scream because it doesn't like the fact that it shit itself, right? Like you have to teach them everything. Unless it's pooping or eating, like everything about the world you have to teach them. And that takes like a very long time to figure out how the world works. And people are getting on eye level with the four-year-old and being like, hey, I know you just got potty trained two years ago, maybe a year ago. I know you really don't understand concepts like math, or really anything but the basic blocks of phonics, but I'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up in this store. Oh, that piece of candy that you want, your little brain that doesn't even have a fully developed impulse center? Yeah, if you reach for that piece of candy again, I'm gonna two-piece you. What the fuck? It's so crazy how like the nicest, most gentlest person you know, you tell them like, don't spank your kids, and they're like, well, every kid needs a little bit of, what? And violence is not acceptable in any other situation. Like if I sat here and I was like, hey girls, did you know that you can just like one-two punch your boyfriend because he didn't listen to you? You'd be like, oh, domestic violence. Yeah. But then beating your kids, no, that that's totally cool. What are we priming our children for by being so cruel to them? And there's this particular viciousness on little black girls and that's kind of going back to that original tiktok with the teacher like i i am a black woman so obviously i was a little black girl and i remember how harshly people treated me because my parents kept me well dressed and well groomed and i was fortunate to have nicer things and somehow that was seen as worse than me having an attitude or being talkative in class or being a little sassy all of which, in hindsight, I'm not sure if I was any of those things or if Black children are just monitored so harshly that, you know, what might be inquisitive for a white child is disruptive in a Black child. That's definitely what it was. But, I mean, people were very 
very harsh with the idea of a little black girl looking like someone was taking care of her. And yet if I had showed up to school with unkept hair in, you know, old raggedy clothes, if I didn't have nice things, I also would have been talked about. And I remember, I'm such a strong feminist now because I remember how cruel people were to me in my girlhood. I remember being 11 and being so scared to become a teenager because I was told that I would be the worst person on earth. But I wasn't. Like, yeah, puberty was a fragmented time, but there was something that made me so angry that I couldn't vocalize at the time that I was being told from a very, very young age that I was going to grow up and become the worst person simply because I was a teenage girl and that was the worst thing you could be and that there was nothing I could do to escape my fate, that I would just become annoying and sassy and rude and I would only talk about boys. I watched as the, you know, the boy bands that I loved, the New Editions, the Justin Bieber's, the Bow Wows, all things that I loved so dearly were mocked relentlessly because I was the audience. Like, what kind of message do you think it sends to little girls to watch all of their interests be mocked on late night television by grown people, particularly by grown men? Or if you remember that app, iFunny, it was um, an app that you could download that just sort of cranked out memes. And without fail, the number one joke that would go viral on there was about how the interests of teenage girls were stupid and it made me feel stupid and then it made me angry and I just wonder like how many angry bitchy teenage girls are just struggling to vocalize what they'll realize in their adulthood was simply punishment for being a girl and having interests and it didn't matter what you were interested in if you were a tomboy you were trying too hard if you were a girly girl you were a dumb bitch um if you were artsy, you just wanted to be noticed. If you were a writer, you were a wannabe Sylvia Plath. I mean, the list went on and on and on. There was a myriad of ways in which our existence was mocked. And I was, you're subject to this retribution. Like someone has a right to get revenge on you in the first place simply for existing. And then no one treats you like a child anymore. I felt so grown at 16 because the world had been handling me so harshly. Again, part of that is just the adultification of Black girls and how we're not seen as children. But perhaps it can, well, I don't, that doesn't apply to everything. But this, or I'm sorry, everyone, not everything, every race, but. Like, no wonder so many teenage girls feel grown. You're being subjected to criticism like a grown fucking adult. Your weight is being micromanaged in all of your magazines, your beauty trends and your preferences. But also it's like, fuck you for participating in those things. And it's like, oh my God, like, dude, I'm just learning how to drive. I felt very voiceless in a time when I needed the voice, my, my voice the most, because there's one thing that I know that every woman can attest to and that's I never got sexual attention from grown men the way I did when I had a child's body a child's face and a child's voice because there was something about from 13 to when I was about 20 and I only say 20 because I looked very very young way younger than my age and I did not look like I was in college um, until my 21st birthday that made men so incredibly scary and yet I remember talking 
on the school bus with my friends about it. And we were like, no one would believe us how creepy and weird we're. And I had good parents who obviously believed me and took me seriously and did their best to, you know, remove me from situations. But I remember just like walking into Starbucks one time with my friends and guys being so creepy. And we kind of looked around and everyone just rolled their eyes at us because it was like our fault for being teenage girls in teenage girls clothes in a public space and that grown man who was being incredibly fucking creepy that that was just his right in a way that I almost think if I was a grown woman and that happened to me someone would say something so I do my best to say something when I see girls in that situation but it was really these messages of like, oh, you're this disgusting, temperamental temptress. And so I think that's why that teacher's video riled me up because she created a space in her comments for people to refer to a little black girl as fast and promiscuous, knowing all their ugly misconceptions, all the blame for the bad things that could happen to her for simply being coded as such as her fault. And nobody holds these adults to tasks. Like adults need to be having conversations with other adults and saying, hey, your views on children are really incredibly fucked up. I felt very voiceless in a time when I needed the voice, my, my voice the most, because there's one thing that I know that every woman can attest to, and that's I never got sexual attention from grown men the way I did when I had a child's body, a child's face, and a child's voice, because there was something about from 13 to when I was about 20, and I only say 20 because I looked very, very young, way younger than my age, and I did not look like I was in college um, until my 21st birthday that made men so incredibly scary. And yet I remember talking on the school bus with my friends about it and we were like, no one would believe us how creepy and weird we're. And I had good parents who obviously believed me and took me seriously and did their best to, you know, remove me from situations. But I remember just like walking into Starbucks one time with my friends and guys being so creepy and we kind of looked around and everyone just rolled their eyes at us because it was like our fault for being teenage girls in teenage girls clothes in a public space and that grown man who was being incredibly fucking creepy that that was just his right in a way that I almost think if I was a grown woman and that happened to me someone would say something so I do my best to say something when I see girls in that situation, but it was really these messages of like, oh, you're this disgusting, temperamental temptress. And so I think that's why that teacher's video riled me up because she created a space in her comments for people to refer to a little black girl as fast and promiscuous, knowing all their ugly misconceptions, all the blame for the bad things that could happen to her for simply being coded as such as her fault. And nobody holds these adults to tasks. Like adults need to be having conversations with other adults and saying, hey, your views on children are really incredibly fucked up. If you can't go somewhere without being irritated that there are children present and you didn't specifically pay for an adults-only experience or you're not specifically sitting in adults-only spaces, 
you should be shamed for saying something against a child. And I also think the vitriol we have against children is an extension of the misogyny that women face for becoming mothers, because despite the fact that women are primed from our births to become mothers and to think about motherhood as the ultimate journey and final destination, we are also relegated from public life. I would love to talk more in depth and maybe I'll do so next episode because this would involve like just going through my case law, Westlaw, LexisNexis to really pull up those legislative examples. But women are legislatively kept out of public life via motherhood. One such example is the fact that we have no federally accessible daycare and we also don't have maternity leave. And so what happens is that a federally mandated maternity leave for um, my international audience. I know that's about 30% of you. In America, um, when you have a baby, it is completely up to your employer's discretion whether or not you get maternity leave. You are only obligated 12 weeks of unpaid leave, but the ability to spend a year with your baby paid is not funded by anyone. It's not funded by the government. Um, Your employer typically most jobs won't elect to fund it. And so women lose money when they have babies, not just because of the exorbitant cost of healthcare in America, but simply because they have to take a pay cut. They have to use their paid time off and their holidays and they have to bankroll them all together. It's very, very common in this country for women to say, well, I plan on getting pregnant this year, so I'm not going to take any vacations so that I can have a few extra weeks with the human being that I just made. And if you're a dad, absolutely forget about it. Paternity leave is so rare. And even companies that think they're being progressive by offering it will at max offer three weeks as if that's enough time to bond with the baby that just got to this earth. So there is a legislative component that keeps women out of the workforce and relegated at home with their babies. But there's also these social attitudes that keep women at home. That video of that grown man on a plane, it went viral about a month ago, screaming at a baby was disgusting because what it did, I mean, one, you look like an ass screaming at a baby. And I I literally promise you this, as someone who frequently says things to other people in public, because I'm not just like this on the internet, very much like this in real life, worse in real life, honestly, There's no way he could have gotten away with saying that because I would have been standing up screaming, cussing him out. And I say that seriously, knowing how much you can't play at airports, like it really is that serious to me. But what he also did was not just send a message to that particular mother of, hey, don't you dare leave your house if you think your baby's going to cry. It also sent a message to all the other women on the plane. Nobody wants you here if you can't control your spawn. Babies cannot be controlled. Babies scream. Right now, um, if you listen very faintly, my neighbors just had another baby on Sunday. Congrats to them. And you can hear the baby crying. And one of my neighbors in the hallway rolled their eyes at me when they heard the baby crying and like nodded towards the door. And I said, it's a baby. The baby just got here. I mean, the baby's not even two weeks old poor little thing just knows how to root and shit like you're the weird one for being mad at that there's this lack of compassion that we have for some reason we want people to be kind to us when we're figuring things out and then again we expect to look at these like brand new humans who again human beings are born so useless compared to our mammal counterparts and you're mad at them and so that guy screaming at the plane 
was sending a message, whether he intended it to be or not, and I won't give him the grace, I think he meant it to be malicious, to say like, hey, if you can't control that baby, don't come in public, but babies can't be controlled. And instead of having grace for that situation, we tell their caregivers who are oftentimes mothers, because we've discussed on this podcast, the breakdown of domestic labor, don't bother coming outside. It is so much easier to be kind to the children in your life, the children that you encounter, and to think you should care for them. For example, if you're out in public and you see a baby and you don't see an adult around, maybe just like stop what you're doing and keep an eye on that baby out of the corner of your eye. Maybe their parent is right around the corner and their parent will identify themselves as such, but like no one should look the other way. You know, if a kid is really excited and they're being loud in a public place, don't glare at their parents. If anything, offer their parents a smile. If a baby waves at you in the store, oh my God, wave fucking back to that baby. If a baby says hi to you in the parking lot, say hi back. Okay, they. that song, I believe children are our future, and my brain is so rotted because all I can think of is when Jenna sings it from 30 Rock, which if you get that reference, I love you. But like... I don't understand how we want this kinder, more empathetic society for ourselves as adults and we want everyone to coddle our issues. And then when it comes to children, it's like, fuck them. Particularly when we talk about neurodivergency, like as an adult with ADHD, my behavior was seen as completely out of control when I was a child. And I feel like I get more grace for having a disability now as an adult than I did as a kid, which is so weird to me. And I've had this conversation, at least on the ADHD subreddit of other people being like, yeah, I feel like people are more gracious and understanding. But when I was a kid, it was absolute hell. And so particularly when we're talking about children who are like screaming for prolonged periods of time in public, and they're like over five, like, Maybe that's a child who's on the spectrum. Maybe that's a child who has some sort of neurodivergency or behavioral problem. And it's crazy how you want to post about, you know, getting overstimulated in public as an adult, and then you want to put your hands on a child who's overstimulated in public. And so I will be thinking about this a lot more deeply. I promise you that I will spend the next week or the next couple of weeks really gathering legislation so I can give you my opinion as a licensed attorney on the legislation that pushes women to the home but i just don't want to offer it right now because i didn't do my research and one of the ethical principles of being a lawyer is that you do your research so this is the end of this podcast for now i know it kind of differs from what i usually talk about but i felt like it was really important to discuss i would love to get your thoughts and feedback i love when you guys reach out to me on all social media platforms you made it to the end of the episode. Mwah. I love you. Until next Monday. Bye, guys.